and welcome to Monday Night Football, your voice for youth soccer, not just for Louisiana, but for the entire northern Gulf Coast. And now, introducing your host, Alan DeRitter. Hello, everybody, and welcome to our June 22nd, yes, June 22nd edition of Monday Night Football. I start our show off with a prayer. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Dear God, thanks for letting us be here. Thanks for uh, uh, letting us have this show. Thanks for letting us have our health. The ones that are listening, we pray for those who don't have their health, they'll be able to get the aid that they need, and that the caregivers be able to be given um, the strength to care and pray for uh, all the racial tension that's within our world right now to uh, finally um, be subsided with with uh, cohesion and peace and cooperation. We ask all of this through Christ our Lord. Amen. And Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Okay, well, w- what a time to be alive. Uh, whether you realize it or not, you're, you're in a historical period, okay? A hundred years from now, uh, this year is going to be discussed. It's going to have to be. Okay, you're not saying it is the most historic year in in, in world history, but it's definitely not um, uh, a speed, just a speed bump. Okay, and and uh, I just want to make sure soccer is a positive contributor to all of the change that's going on, not only uh, with how we're realizing how this COVID goes through, but also uh, the stuff that we talked about on the last show about um, how there's so many more racial issues than uh, than just Black Lives Matter, uh, which I think, like like a lot of my friends say, no lives matter until Black Lives Matter. I, I, I agree with that. But then we got to deal with the other racism that's going on, and it's prevalent throughout the planet. Okay, it's a it's going to be a probably a never ending battle, but hopefully it's a battle that's going to be started and and uh, and fought with a vengeance. Uh, FIFA's always trying to say in no to racism with words, but. Uh, maybe now uh, there's going to be a fire underneath that statement, and we can, we can um, um, move forward. But anyway, it's the 22nd of June, um, and our governor went on the air today. Okay, and uh, for those of you listening later on in the week, um, this is airs on Monday night, and at least tapes on Monday night uh, for the most part. And um, the governor said that we need to continue phase two, and uh, and I was surprised. I, I, there was a little um, hint inside of me that he said that he was going to go to phase one. But I think he's going to stand his ground and stay in phase two from the way his attitude uh, was stressed. Uh, I think he's frustrated with people who decided that we're in phase four right now. And uh, um, by going to phase two and not going to phase three, he sends a message to everybody that we've got to put the brakes on just a little bit. And if those people are cocky, the disease hasn't gone anywhere. It hasn't. So when this announcement came out, it was like it was like a, a electric jolt through the club community for soccer. And I'm going to tell you, it was a minor jolt for me with high school. And I'll, t- I'll tell you why. OK, um, this is going to be a short show, so I'm not going to break it up into segments. And uh, anyhow, the trials that we had planned, we were hoping that we could have at least some 4v4 work, 3v3 work. You know, maybe some, some work with the goalkeeper in in a scrimmage-like fashion. Y'all, not going to happen. Okay? Um, and so LSA put out a memo almost immediately afterwards 
And uh, and the trial schedule is going to remain unchanged, okay? Uh, so for most of us have been planning, the ones who are going to LCSL, uh, that we'd have a tryout this week coming up. And uh, uh, the trial begins on June 26th, okay? Uh, early club registration was supposed to start today, okay? Uh, um, trial period would begin on Friday and end on July 3rd. Okay, and then the invitation period would be on July 3rd and club letters of intent on July 20th. That's not going to change. But what is going to change is how we evaluate our players. And I think uh, for the most part, a lot of us are going to have to just rely on the the experience that we've had with our prior players uh, that are returning. The, the curveball is going to be, okay, is a player that's transferring to our club where should he be or where should she be? Should she be on the top tier team, middle tier team? And y'all, skills tests can just do so much. Skills tests are important, but um, skills tests do not show the heart. They do not show the IQ. They do not show the tenacity uh, and the grit of a player. And those things are vital. Um, they really, really are. And, and so I think the more experienced coaches will be able to manipulate their skill tryout in a way that uh, pushes the character of the individual. I got some good ideas in my mind. Um, um, and if you would like to talk to me in private, I, I'll be glad to share them with you. But um, that's from 37 years of experience. But to just go out, put out some bones uh, and just say, okay, dribble through these as fast as you can. Show me a couple of moves. And, and all is just, uh, this is not going to cut it. Okay, and uh, uh, and in high school, I'm telling you, high school it was a disappointment because I was hoping this week we could go to a four v four format and and kind of do all those things and at the high school level and uh and now we're gonna be stuck with doing skill work. Okay, skill work, skill work, skill work. I, I'm gonna tell you this: uh, my kids are frustrated with it, and I have to do a better job this week and trying to spice it up. But at the same token, maintain social distancing. Y'all, my practices this week, it was all about six feet apart, six feet apart. Okay, don't don't get too close. Okay, uh, uh, then I did something I had never done before. I had to wash the equipment between sessions because uh, to keep the to keep the numbers down, I had to rotate to different parts of the campus to keep phase two numbers intact. Okay, and uh, and hey, yo, there's a lot of people out there that don't even know what the phase two um, situation means uh, for high school ball because they're just looking around thinking we're breaking all these rules and, and we're not. For those of you in high school, it's still fine for your players to not have a mask on while they're participating, but they can't be within six feet of each other during breaks and during pre and post uh, practice mobility. And um, we don't want to cross people crossing paths and they have to have their masks on when they're not in high, high uh, um, stress activity. And, and you got to enforce it to the T, okay, as a coach. You, all coaches in here, you got to. All players and parents in here, you've got to make sure that that's going on. Parents, you can't uh, – we, we have a limit of how many people could be on the field, so we can't have you in the parking lot lingering around uh, outside of your car. Uh, if your club or high school is okay with you being in your car, that's another thing. But, but, uh, but still, you should have your finger on the pulse of what your kid is saying is going on in practice and what they're doing. And, and, 
et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Y'all be very unrealistic to practice with a mask on. I'm finding it torture to coach with a mask on, okay? Especially when the sun's out and, and we're talking about 90 degree heat. Uh, it's, it's, it's been a very, very rough uh, phase two for me. Um, and I'm starting to wonder. And so the LSA, they kind of like put a little nudge out, like why even bother? Okay. Uh, and I know what the why bother is. The why bother is what if you get new players? And, uh, right now I don't know. I'm going to be opening up registration for my club, Soccer Innovations of America. And then we're going to see who registers. And if I don't recognize the person, I got to do something, you know, to be able to evaluate their talent. And, uh, and so is everybody else. So, Oh my. Uh, um, now the good news, the governor said that schools should open. Okay. And so that's what tells me is that I think he's, he's digging in because I think a month ago he would have kept us in phase one, but now I think he knows the state would probably revolt if we went back to phase one or worse the lockdown. So, uh, I do think that in Louisiana, anyhow, uh, we're going to stay in phase two probably for a long, long time. Okay, um, now, the frustration amongst teachers and coaches that I'm running into is this, okay? As a teacher, I've never had to work any harder uh, teaching from home. And now I'm hearing all these alternative plans of platooning, splitting, um, co-teaching with kids at home and at school. Um, all of those just means basically for every class that you teach as a teacher, you're going to have to teach two so you can keep these kids socially distanced. Okay, you understand that. All for that. But what kind of sense does it make for kids to be socially distanced from 9 o'clock, really, let's be honest, from 8 o'clock in the morning to 3 o'clock in the afternoon? And then from 3 o'clock in the afternoon to 6 o'clock, they can get as close as they want to, playing football, soccer, um, basketball, volleyball. I mean, it makes no sense. And, and I'm just wondering if we're just training in futility because when people start to understand, there's no way you can social distance playing a contact sport. It's it's impossible. You can't even social distance playing tag uh, football, you know, or, or, or flag football, rather. And, and so uh, how are we going to be able to do this? And, uh, and y'all, I don't have an academic answer for that question. To me, it makes no sense. I think a lot of people... Uh, were complaining about, and, and LSA put this out on their memo, people were complaining about baseball going all in right now in softball. And But the problem is, is that they're contributing to the problem. A lot of these people are acting like it's all gone. There's no more virus. We don't have to wear a mask. Uh, we can just do everything we normally do and tailgate and sit right next to each other and without masks on. And, you know, the, the virus hasn't gone anywhere, okay? Is it a virus that... Some people should be worried about uh, on a personal level, probably not if you're selfish, but it's the at-risk people you do this for. Like I wear my head sock and my, and my mask and I'm not doing it for me. I'm doing it for, for the people who else are out there. So I don't accidentally give them whatever I've got. Okay. And uh, it's a sign of just, I think, respect. It's become something political, which I, I very much resent. Um, the health of everybody is something we have to unite on, you know, like going to war. And and right now, I don't see a country united. We were united for a little while, but now I I, I went to Walmart today. No plug, no plug intended for Walmart, and and half of the people were masked and keeping socially distanced, and half the people weren't. I mean, that's that's just what's going on out there. And so 
Um, uh, we can continue. We can expect this to continue and to continue. In some places, it's going to be even worse, like Florida going up exponentially uh, this weekend. Uh, Louisiana compared to Florida, we're doing all right. But uh, but right now, you, you know, I got a bad gut feeling that all of the fall sports are going to be postponed to January, and that's going to affect all of us in high school soccer. And let me tell you, it's going to affect club soccer tremendously. Just this, just this uh, uh, situation that we have right now might alter our ability to be able to start league schedule on time because you can't really start playing games until you can train in a scrimmage fashion. You can't just throw kids out there in a three-game tournament in the heat of the summer in September and, and without training. You, I mean, the NBA isn't even doing that in air conditioning. Uh, you got to have some training camp time and and you know, where's that going to, where's that going to come from? I mean, we got to get to phase three to be able to get to that point. And if we stay in phase two, um, no, now there was a ray of hope and it was by the Louisiana community. Tulane uh, put out a study today that I've yet to, I've yet to look at in full, but Tulane put out a study that uh, they might have a protein that could be injected on people who are infected and help them to fight the disease uh, more effectively. And, uh, pro- the same protein put in a person who's not infected will help them to faint off the, the virus. Boy, that sounded really encouraging. And then it sounded almost unrealistic that they said they could have it by the fall. And to get a vaccine or any kind of uh, thing approved by the Food and Drug Administration in that little short period of time, um, that would be unprecedented. But these are unprecedented times. Let's, let's see what happens. Uh, I think once we have something like that in place, then we're good to go. But as, as long as somebody vulnerable, and uh, I was talking to a coach today who this disease didn't mean anything to him. You know, he was young and healthy. And, and then, and then somebody in his family kind of caught it after Memorial day. And now we're looking at somebody near their deathbed way up, way ahead of their time. And now they're getting it, you know? And, and um, some of us here, we haven't experienced anybody who's suffering personally. We know people of people who are suffering but we haven't seen people who are suffering, and I'm going to say the word yet, that if we continue to behave the way we're behaving. Now, I'm not a doom and gloom person. I'm not an apocalyptic person, you know, uh, conspiracy theory person and all this kind of stuff. By far, I'm not even close to being that. Um, I'm not, I, I do see world history as a student of history, that there have been, there have been plagues and, um, and epidemics throughout the course of human history that have defined human history. Just open up just an elementary high school, uh, I mean, textbook of history, not high school, but just an elementary history textbook. And you're going to see all, not just the bubonic plague, but all the little mini, mini plagues that happen in, in, uh, in parts of Europe. And, and, of course, we saw the uh, plagues that happened in Africa recently and um, West Nile and, uh, and uh, Ebola. And then we had SARS. We're going to have something else, COVID-21, COVID-23. You know, to make it a world pandemic is, is a little different. Um, this is the first time and you know, all of us who are 50 and under have seen a world shutdown due to a pandemic. But compared to the Spanish flu, this is nothing. Okay, so so we're going to, I do believe we're going to get through this. And uh, the thing is, is that when do we want to get through this um, cleanly? And, and, uh, and if we go kicking and screaming, then this thing, it could, it could ruin a lot of people's 
entire seasons. Okay, um, just learn from baseball and uh, the high school baseball, and not so much pro baseball. Pro baseball could be playing if they wanted to right now. That's another issue. But at the same token, how are you going to socially distance unless you quarantine all of the players and 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 you keep the stadium empty? You know, I tell you what, have you been watching all the soccer? Now the premiership's going on, and I watched West Ham uh, for a couple of minutes. It was really boring. I was like, you know, you know, you score a goal, how can you get excited? And uh, you know, it's like practice, it's glorified practice, and and uh, it's kind of crazy to go uh, nuts during a practice game where you score a goal and you know whatnot. So the entertainment value is is not there, and you know, wanting to get back to normal where it, the sport has four prongs to it, doesn't it? players, coaches, and managers, the fans, and in our case, youth soccer, the parents. And until uh, so all those can come together, um, there's going to be uh, an emptiness amongst the playing field. So, so yeah, I'm sorry to be a bearer of bad news, but as of today, uh, that's the case. We're going to stay in phase two for as long as it takes to stop all these increased hospitalizations and to stop uh, the governor r- driving around to bars around Baton Rouge and Bourbon Street and seeing people acting like normal. And the longer we do that, the longer we stay in phase two, the longer we stay in phase two, the longer it's going to hurt these youngsters, especially the seniors and the U19 players. Who This is their last two raw, and uh, we need to spread the word amongst ourselves that we need to be thinking about them when we go out to a restaurant and whatnot. Bear with it. Wear your face mask. I'm wearing mine. Okay, I hate it. I don't just dislike it. I hate it. But that's the price we got to pay, okay, uh, until the sign says otherwise. So, everybody, let's make sure that soccer is part of the solution, not part of the problem. Uh, don't bend the rules. Don't let people scrimmage on your fields, okay? Uh, I'm going to be policing that like a hawk. Uh, just could do drills, and and one player per ball is the ideal, three for one ball is something that some sports have been playing around with and including soccer with phase two. I would, I would refer, defer to your coaching director about that and your president as to what kind of drills could be acceptable and not, not acceptable. And, um, and the bottom line is the ball's got to stay under control and then the ball's got to be contact traced. And, and so like when I switched from group A to group B, I made sure I soaked down the balls as crazy as that sounds. And so now I know that nobody from Group A could have gotten anybody from Group B sick, okay? Uh, even though there's no touching of the ball with anything other than feet. Uh, but that's how fanatical I'm doing it. And uh, I think we all have to take a little gut check as to how fanatical we're doing everything and to bring this to an end, everybody. Let us know what you think. Um, I appreciate everybody who's been getting in touch with me on Monday Night Football's uh, um, Twitter and uh, Facebook feed that's that the at sign at M-N-F-U-T-B-O-L. Love to hear what you have to say. Love to, to love to address what you think we need to address. And and again, I can't tell you the encouragement, how, how far that goes for me. And I appreciate all of it. And uh, I'll try to uh, keep a sane microphone on because the, the spoken word is, is as powerful as the written word. And uh, this is the only spoken word out there for youth soccer that I know of in the Gulf South. So... Let's keep this radio show going. Support it if you can. And I'll hopefully see you next week on Monday Night Football, You Voice of Youth Soccer. This is Coach Alan DeRitter wishing you and your family the best. Stay safe and uh, and pay attention to what's going on in the world. God bless you. Bye-bye. Carpe diem in Christ. Carpe diem in Christ.